baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Hey, Joe Patrick, man, first of all, thanks for getting up and being a part of the show. You have any problems driving through Tifton, Georgia? <laughs> down 75, you're, you're a bit of a hurry. You're trying to get down there, get to Florida quick, and them dudes on Tifton are waiting, waiting for you at the overpass. They do wait on the Yeah, I have, I, I have not been through Tifton in, in a while, but it's always a memorable time whenever I get to drive through the, uh, the famous Tifton, Georgia. Jeez. You got, I was really going to ask you this. Have you got a dog? You have, you have a pet dog? I do not. I do not have my own, oh, no, okay. unfortunately. But you love dogs, right? Oh, I love dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to continue this with Millie on here because she did a great job. And, I mean, people are, are now reaching out to us. So, anyway, listen, we tried to get you last week. You couldn't. It was Easter weekend. Understood. You're, you're quite busy. But we're making you wear both your hats right now. I'll let you decide where you want to go first because we want to know what your thoughts on Atlanta United, who, by the way, go at it today. Um, I find it unique that Atlanta United and the Braves are taking out a team from Miami. How about that? Yeah, yeah. crazy. But uh, let's start off with well, Atlanta. Through, you know, and plus the Hawks. That's true. Yeah. All yeah, three. Yeah, that's is that, right. When has that happened before? I don't know, but it's happened did today. You, did you bring that? It's, I didn't even think about that until I just said it. It's going on today. I ain't got no sense. We're taking on oh, Miami. Yeah. All I'm those sure South some... Beach folks, we got you covered today. <laughs> okay. We don't know about next week, but we got y'all covered today. Things get going with the pregame at 1230. <laughs> the kick at 1 o'clock. Let's start with Atlanta United, man. Let folks know what they need to know about this team right now. Uh, injuries aside. Did we lose Joe? Joe, you there? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, Atlanta's coming in. They're coming off a nice 6 nothing win in the U.S. Open Cup midweek. So they've got a little bit of confidence behind them. And I think that that was also – important because they had not scored a goal in, in two consecutive games. Even though they've created a lot of chances in some of those games, obviously their last three game against SC Cincinnati here at home where Brad Guzan suffered that devastating injury. Um, you know, it was a tough one because it was a, it was a you know, 0-0 draw, which is like the, the, the grossest kind of draw you can possibly have uh, when you don't score a goal and everybody just goes home unhappy. But, you know, the team did score a goal or did create chances in that game. They just didn't get the ball in the back of the net. So I think it was good for them to go out there. They played against – it was a lower division team, so it's not like they, they were really in any danger of losing this one on this week or during the week this week in the U.S. Open Cup. But to score the fifth goal just the season, the strikers, Don Dwyer scoring a brace, a really, uh, two really nice goals, um, I, th- I think that that will be a bit of a confidence boost for this team, but yeah, it's going to be a challenge. You know, you talk about being in Miami, you know, it's just one of those ones where it's early in the season and it's probably going to be one of the first games this year where they go down and it's going to be like hot and muggy middle of the day, probably the worst, honestly, kickoff time uh, to happen just in terms of like the heat that you'll experience. So I think that that will play an effect in this game. And for that reason, I think it's going to be very important for, whichever team it is, to, to take an early lead. And if you can take an early lead in the game, then the onus isn't on you to try to push the, you know, the, the tempo of the game. And I think that that's going to be very important for Gonzalo Pineda and his team. I think that the good news for them 
is that they are very likely going to see Luis Araujo, the, the Brazilian winger, back in the starting lineup for the first time since the opening game of the season. That's not set in stone, but just from being at training this week and watching him play, he certainly looks ready. I don't see why they wouldn't start him because he needs the minutes at this point. That's really the only thing holding him back from being 100% is just having the fitness built up. And I think that you get that by getting him in a starting role and he probably won't be able to play more than probably 60 or 70 minutes max, but still that would be a really good outing for him. And I think that I'm really excited to see what this team looks like when you get Thiago Amada and Luis Araujo, two of the teams that many players on the field at the same time for the first time this season. I mean, it's kind of amazing. You you talk about in NLS, your designated players have to perform well if you want to have success in this league and the, and Atlanta United has not, had all three of their designated players play in the same in one game at the same time. So, um, yeah, we haven't even seen this team you know, hit its full form yet. So I think that we can, you know, get a good glimpse of what they might look like when they do get back and get Joseph Martinez back today when we see Luis Araujo and Tiago Almada playing together. Uh, I'm expecting a good performance from this team tonight, or today, I should say. Spend the time on the waitfor.com hotline this morning with Joe Patrick. He is social. And you can find him on Twitter at JAPatrick200, JAPatrick200. Brad Gazan out. He's been the captain, always very vocal. You never have to look for him on the pitch. You can hear him all over the stadium. He's going to be missed in a number of ways. Who takes up that leadership role? Is there one person? Will they do it collectively? Uh, what happens in that area for the team? Well, if you ask the team and Gonzalo Pineda about, you know, the leadership and things like that, they will all say the same thing, which is that, you know, it doesn't really matter who the captain is necessarily. It's always, you know, leadership happens from multiple players. You know, it's a collective effort, obviously, in the sport. But, you know, the the, the, the captain is important. Um, I, I would say especially in soccer, it's important because the captain is the person who uh, the referee will – want to talk to when there's a controversial decision that happens on the field, you know, and in soccer, I think that there's more of a, um, a relationship that needs to happen between the referee and the players on the field. And just because of the way the, the referee, like refereeing works in soccer, where it's very subjective in the calls and you do just can influence the game a little bit. If you, if the captain has a good relationship, um, kind of uh, similar to like the way a catcher might work with a, with an umpire in baseball, where you want to just kind of massage the relationship in hopes of um, uh, getting some good calls. So that's going to be Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson is the player who was elected to wear the armband on Wednesday in the U.S. Open Cup. And Gabriel Pineda talked about you know, the reasons why he gave it to him. And I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, uh, he said it was important for – it to be a player who's been around for a while, who kind of knows the club. But I, he also said, and I love this, that, you know, it's important for fans to see it, the the armband being worn by a player that's been around for a while. You know, they, they need to have a connection, a true connection to the player who wears that armband. So I thought that, that was interesting. I thought that that was a, a nice touch. And I think it's true. I, I think the fans do need to, um, yeah, just have that, have that kind of bond with, the, the the player who's kind of, you know, leading that team out onto the field. Uh, so it's going to be Miles Robinson, and it sounds like it's going to be him for the rest of the season. It's nice to have a guy who's going to be able to play pretty much every game, like Miles, who excels on the national team level, you know, for internationally. 
Uh, I think that he basically takes every box. The only way he doesn't is that he's kind of quiet, <laughs> which most captains, especially Brad Gazan, uh, was a real loud mouth. So, um, you know, but I don't think that that's going to be an issue for this team at all. I think Miles Robinson is, is an excellent choice. This dude is the best. I'm telling you, you ask Joe a question, you can go get a cup of coffee. There you go, man. While you're still listening and get all this knowledge, and then he just does not miss a beat. This is Joe Patrick. Going to make you switch hats now, man. But before we get into the actual questions, when is Batter Up and, and coming back? Is it coming back and with a different name? What's the deal with your show here? Yeah, we'll be out on Wednesday. Uh, we were out with, on Wednesday this week. We're, we're we're changing it up. We're going more midweek. We know a lot of podcasts come out uh, come out early in the week, but there might be more on the horizon. So uh, okay. stay tuned for that. There there might be more to come. I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to okay. say anything. Yet. No, that's all right. That's, te- that's teasing <laughs> us. And you have us. We you have us to go out and spill the beans on something that you may not be able to say. So you just let us know about it. We'll be careless and reckless. We're passing out the information. Braves right now, they're sitting there. They had a hiccup yesterday uh, against Miami. Got to hopefully get one step closer to getting 500. But as you look at this team right now, we know all bets are off until Acuna gets back. So whether it's the team presently or what you've heard coming out of, uh, you know, the the games that Acuna has played in, what's your stance right now on this team? Kind of a wait and see, and everything will be fine when Ronald gets back? Are you, you liking what you're seeing so far? Interesting to hear Brian Snicker yesterday talk about Acuna. And normally, Brian Snicker, I feel like, would be the guy who would play it conservative, especially in the media, just in terms of, you know, of any player's return from a serious injury like this, but especially Acuna, just because of the, the media hysteria around him and try to maybe calm everybody down, not, not to get everybody too um, excited about him maybe coming back. Uh, earlier than what they put out there, which was May 6th. But actually, he did not say that. He was basically like, you know, if he's playing well, well, that date is not set in stone so we can readjust, which I did not expect, to be perfectly honest. I figured that when they set a date there, it was for a specific reason, medically especially, and that, um, that, you know, the doctors wouldn't want him back any, any sooner. But you know, you look at it, look at him playing Gwinnett, guys, and it's undeniable. He's just, it's like he's playing on, you know, rookie mode on, on, on the, on the video game down there. And it's, and you know, from Ronald's perspective too, that he's such a competitor and like, he doesn't want to be playing the game unless it's for all the marbles, right? Like he only wants, he, when he plays baseball, he wants the ultimate stakes to be on the line. He wants to play at the top level. And so he's probably down there thinking, trying to play his way, you know, up to the major leagues as soon as possible. Because I think that that's where he feels like he wants and needs to be making a contribution himself, which is I think is great. So, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see him down there just absolutely tearing it up. It's so fun, like, seeing his stats, like, every every night. He's, like, doing something crazy, whether it's a stolen base or, you know, hard hit balls or, you know, making plays on the base pass. So, uh, it's really, really encouraging also to just see his athleticism. Um, and it doesn't, he looks like the same old guy. And I think that a lot of people were maybe a little scared or, or that, you know, the um, the injury was going to take away a little bit of what makes Ronald Acuna so unique in the way that he plays the game. But clearly, I think we've seen that that has not been the case. He looks every bit the player that Ronald Acuna, is, that we know and love, uh, still is. So it's great to see that. And I think that, you know, we very well could see him, what, I mean, probably within the next week, if he keeps putting this, you know, doing this kind of stuff, 
it would be hard to deny him. It, it would be hard to answer questions of, if you're Brian Snicker about how well he's playing if you're still struggling like the team is so far right now. But the question I would have is, what are you going to put him in the batting order when you bring? And that's a, that's a big thing with this batting order. Dansby Swanson has moved to the bottom, and it seems like it's a good move for him because of who's behind him. He's probably getting some better pitches to hit. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice for Dansby not to have that pitcher behind him, right? <laughs> um, because, you know, sometimes guys previously could just struggle in that role when they don't have any anybody hitting behind them and they don't get great pitches to hit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – there's – Brian Sickers actually been asked about this. And uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. will go straight to the top of that order where he has kind of found his home um, in the Braves order pretty much for his entire career except for a little bit uh, in 2019 where he hit third for – or clean up, I think it was for a few months, so uh, or a couple months. So yeah, he, he'll go right to the top of the order. But it's an interesting one because Ozzy Albies has been so great at the top of the order. But I don't think Brian Snicker has any concerns about that. Um, Ozzy Albies, though, how about that man? Yeah. Another leadoff home run last night, his second of the year, and already yeah. six home runs for him this year. Uh, crazy amount of pop you get from such a you know uh, a lot of uh, a lot of bite in that little body of, of Ozzy's. But man, what a what a ball player he is, and I think that that will just It'll make the line the Braves line up so much longer when you get Ronald Acuna Jr. in there at the top of that order, and then followed by Ozzy Albies. How good he's hitting medals and how hot he's gotten off to the start. Marcelo Zuna, Austin Riley. Once you add Acuna in there, it really lengthens things. Uh, again, Joe Patrick. Before we let you go here, by the way, those home runs from yesterday's game, first time people can remember, if at all, the first pitch to both leadoff hitters jerked out. Yeah. Home runs. The first that? pitch. Yikes. Um, before we let you go here, man, baseball fan, I got to tap into that and give us your thoughts on what we saw yesterday with history up in Michigan with uh, Miguel C- uh, Cabrera getting 3,000. He's got the 500 home runs, and he's one double away from 600. What, when you, so awesome. When you look at this guy, what are your thoughts and who you compare him to? Oh man, you know he's he's got to be up there. That, I mean, I haven't thought about it. But that's got to be a conversation of like best third baseman of all time because I mean, I obviously hasn't played there his entire career, but uh, man, what a what a what a what a legend, honestly. And you know, he's one of those players where it's so nostalgic for me because when I think back about his career, you know, a lot of that was like it stretches way back like in my life, my own life, you know, <laughs> when I was a much younger kid, essentially. So um, it's always great to see, you know, players, whenever they can have an achievement like that, especially the 3,000 hits, it's it's such a big one for players. It's such a indication of the amount of consistency a player has had over the course of his career. But then, like you said, you, you get 3,000 hits, but then also the homers and the doubles and the power that you had with, with Miggy. I mean, what a player. What, what else can you say? And it's like you got to remind people this dude was 1920 and got a World Series ring with the Marlins. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And those people, I know. That's crazy to think about. <laughs> those people down there, after all the achievements this past week, they're walking in the traffic down there in Miami <laughs> wondering what we could have had were it not been for, you know, David Sampson and that group like that got the Marlins rid of them. Yeah. Hey, Joe, yeah. listen, we appreciate it as always. We're going to be uh, reaching out to you in the follow- upcoming weeks and just enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. Every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.